I can't believe we are at the end of January already. How has these past weeks of 2024 been for you? (laughs) For many people, the first week in January is the most depressing week of the year. The holidays are over. The family and friends have gone home. The Christmas presents have been opened, and now it's time to go back to work and school. And even more depressing than that are the New Year's resolutions we make and then so quickly break. We tell ourselves, this year I am going to be more active in church. This year I'm going to get my finances in order. This year I'm going to get into better shape and be healthier. But then as the new year begins and the rubber meets the road, the resolutions are discarded. An old Irish New Year's toast goes like this. May all your troubles in the coming year be as short as your New Year's resolutions. (laughs) This morning, I I want to encourage us to think more positively than that. Our awesome God offer us more hope than that. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Paul also wrote these words even from a Roman jail where he was under arrest. I can do everything through him who gives me strength, Philippians 4 and 13. As we move through this year, I want us to be praying this prayer of thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for a fresh start. A new calendar year alerts us to the fact that we have been given a new beginning. The old year is past and the new year is before us. Every new year and every new day is an opportunity to get it right, more than the day before and the year before. I want to encourage us to make a commitment to focus more on spiritual things in the coming year. So let's take a few moments and view the subject shifting the focus. Shifting the focus. One of the best New Testament texts on that subject is the one from Colossians. Writing to Colossian Christians, Paul reminds them, so if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Those of us who are Christians have experienced both a spiritual death and a spiritual birth. All of our hopes and dreams, all of our purpose and powers are centered in Christ, who is seated at the right hand of God. Therefore, our focus and priorities must no longer be centered in the things of this earth. Rather, they must be centered on things of God. This, of course, is very challenging. 
because we still have to live in the real world with all of its stresses and struggles. Focusing on spiritual things does not remove the stress and the struggles altogether, but it certainly makes a huge difference in our ability to both survive and thrive. As we try to live more spiritually focused in the new year, I want to point to us to seven practical priorities. Priority number one, forget about yesterday. The Apostle Paul wrote, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. As we know, Paul was a man who had some things from his past that could haunt him if he let them. Paul had made some terrible mistakes and brought brought great suffering to others. And certainly there is not one of us who doesn't have some negative and sinful things in our past that could immobilize us if we let it. Failures, hurts, disappointments, it happens to all of us. But God does not want us to dwell on them. What God wants us to do is to come to him for forgiveness and healing about the pain and the regret of yesterday. You see, when we bring these things to God, we receive God's forgiveness. This forgiveness is God's gift to us so that we can walk in newness of life. So that we can forget those things in the past and be able to live in the present. So this is a good place for us to start the new year. Let's put the past behind us and forget about yesterday. Priority number two, don't worry about tomorrow. And I know that's easier said than done. Tomorrow can be so overwhelming with the potential for anxiety, pain, disappointment, and challenges. Jesus gave gave us this prescription to help us face the uncertainties of tomorrow. In the sixth chapter of Matthew, verses 25 through 27 and 32 to 34, it says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus promises, Jesus' promises that God knows what we need and that God will provide what we need. Do you believe that? Amen. Our job, however difficult it might be, is to trust God and to seek first his kingdom. In other words, our job is to stay faithful and to pray. Paul wrote, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I'm not trying to pretend that any of this is easy, but I am certain that there is no better way. Our only hope and help is in is trusting in the Lord. Whatever we face in the new year, We will be better off if we make it a priority to forget the past and to not worry about the future. Priority three, make today count. The famous funny man Groucho Marx said, yesterday is gone, tomorrow isn't here yet. I have just one day today and I choose how I shall be, and I choose to be happy. The only day we have, and literally the only moment we have, is now. We are not promised tomorrow. We're not even promised the rest of today. Psalms 118 and 24 says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we try to take life one day at a time and make each day count, we can do so by walking with the Lord. We can thank God and rejoice in each day and ask God to guide us and help us make each day count. Focus on one day at a time. It frees us from the burden of the past and the worry of the future. The last four of the seven priorities are simply ways to make each day count. Priority four, help every person you can. When we focus all our our attention on ourselves, we get lost in our struggles. But when we turn our attention outward, we realize the tremendous blessings of helping others. Every person we encounter is facing some kind of challenge or is carrying some kind of heart attack. Our own personal struggles or heartaches may be bigger or smaller than theirs, but it makes no difference. If we seek to be a blessing to everyone we meet, then both of us will be blessed. 
Paul wrote in Galatians 6 and 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. In the chapter before that one, Paul beautifully summarized the Christian life with these words. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Galatians 5 and 6. So living for Christ is all about loving and giving. Love makes everything lovely, especially you and me. What a great year and a great life we can live if we focus on others and attempt to help every person we can. And one of the greatest ways we can help others is to point them towards God. So let's do more of that this year. Priority number five, keep your heart pure. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Any mechanic will tell you that a clean engine runs better and delivers more power than a dirty one. The same is true of a pure heart. We make a terrible mistake when we collect and retain all kinds of garbage in our hearts. I'm thinking of the things like evil desires, resentment, jealousy, hatred, and thoughts of revenge. These things eat away at us like cancer. They poison our hearts and they block our ability to see God and experience a vibrant spiritual life. That's why in the passage right after the one we read as our scripture reading, Paul wrote, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greeds, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator." That's Colossians 3, verses 5 through 10. You see how the Bible instructs us. When we read it, we can learn a lot. Amen? Amen. Oh, amen. But again, I'm not trying to say that any of this is easy because it's not. It's not easy. In Romans 7, Paul talked about his very struggle to do what he knew was right. And I can testify to how difficult it is for me to keep my heart and life pure, but this must be an ongoing priority. Because the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we have to put in practice how to be as God has told us to be. If we give in to temptation and evil and allow it to take up residence in our hearts, then our entire lives will be harmed and hindered. 
But just as Paul concluded, I believe that God will give us the relief and the resources we need to develop a pure heart and life. Paul said, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So thank God there is hope for us that we might have a pure heart and a pure life. Priority number six, I'm almost through. Renew your strength daily. Isaiah 40, 28 and 31 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Just as our bodies require daily nourishment, so does our spirit. We need daily nourishment for our souls. Where can we get that nourishment? We get it from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit through God's word. Psalms 1 offers us an answer to that question. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in seasons, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, prosper. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. Don't you want to be a picture, be that picture of your life. I want my life to be a, like a healthy tree, extracting nourishment from the soil and the stream nearby. I want to encourage each of us to make it a priority this new year to spend some time every day with the Lord. Thankfully for many of us, that has been a priority for many years, and that's why I ask that you pray every day. Spend some time with God. There are many ways that we can spend time with the Lord, but the most direct and simple ways is to spend time is in reading your word and praying. So take some time out. Open up your Bible and read. You may not understand the King James Version, so get a version that you will understand. We in this church, we've been using for the majority of our scriptures, we use the New Revised Standard Version, the NRSV. 
but take a look. Go online. You can pull up those different versions, read it, and see which one you like. And then order it. It's good to have a, a nice hard copy of the Bible. Not everything is always, well, this is the hymnal, but a hard copy of the Bible. We have so many Bibles all over our house. But it's good to just pull back the pages and open as opposed to always on the computer. But it doesn't matter, whichever tickles your fancy, right? You can get the cell phone app, the Holy Bible app. It reminds you to pray. I have mine set. And I get a prayer reminder. And, and I, I got that from my husband because he had it on his. I was like, ooh, I'm going to do that. It pops up to remind you to pray or it pops up to tell you to read a scripture or you can take lessons. You set up lesson plans for you. But that's how you get to know God. Right. So I want to encourage you. The last priority and then we're going to go. Priority number seven, act on God's promises and commands. In Philippians 4 and 9, Paul summarized his instructions to the Philippian Christians saying, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So there is no substitute for faith and obedience. God is pleased when we trust in his promises and acts on his commands. So as we move into this new year, let's make it a priority to claim God's promises and in do so walk by faith. And when you know that there is something God wants us to do or to change, let's not delay in doing it. So if God says to you, I want you to be the head of this committee, I want you to work in the church then you need to work in the church. If God is saying, I want you to join the choir, you have a beautiful voice, you're just sitting out here in the pew and you can go and sing, you need to get up here and sing with the choir. <laughs> there's, there's always stuff for us to do. We shouldn't just be pew members, right? So you think about this. When you get to heaven, and, you know, God will already know. Well, God will say, well, I, I, I know I saw you at a Patchogue UMC. <laughs> um, what were you doing there? What are you going to tell them? Oh, I just sat in the pew. I came for an hour on Sunday, and then I left. Oh, I did go in back, back in the back, and I had coffee hour. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you want to say, I helped with the food pantry. How many, how many people we, we have? Like almost 200 people coming through here. How many volunteers we have? We have people, I don't know if you know, if we have people that volunteer that work hard during the week to make sure we are outreaching to the community. 
And I want to give big ups to all, to everyone who comes here every Tuesday. That's the one thing I love about this church. You guys have that heart for outreach ministry. I have a list of all the things that we've done, the Christmas shoe boxes, the, the holiday tea, the, all the, you guys know all the stuff you've done, but you are touching hearts. And that's what you want. When you get to heaven, that's what you want. God, I helped. I did. I donated my time. I helped all that I could help. And my computer cut off. (laughs) But we want to make our life be worth something, right? What happens between the dashes? You were born here, and then life ended here. What will they say about your dash? That's something to think about. But as we conclude, the year 2024 lies before us like unspoiled, newly fast fallen snow. May God help us be the best, this be the best year for Patchogue United Methodist Church and for each one of us. I believe the seven priorities we discussed today can lead us to that end. Let's forget about yesterday. Let's not worry about tomorrow. Let's make today count. Let's help every person we can. Let's keep our hearts pure. Let's renew our strength daily and let us act on God's promises and commands. James L. Kraft. The founder of Kraft's Food put into practice the priorities we have been talking about today. But that's not how he started. When Kraft was a young man, he had the desire to be the most famous manufacturer and cheese salesman in the world. His goal was to be rich and famous. He began his business with a little buggy pulled by a pony named Patty. Each day he took his cheese and he and Patty went down the streets of Chicago selling cheese. As the months passed, the young man began to despair because he was not making any money in spite of his long hours and hard work. One day he pulled his pony to a stop and began to talk to him. He said, Patty, there's something wrong. What are we not doing right I am afraid we have things turned around. Our our priorities are not what they ought to be. Maybe we ought to serve God and place him first in our lives. Kraft then drove home and made a covenant that for the rest of his life, he would first serve God and then he would work as God directed. Many years later, after much success, Kraft says, I would rather be a layman serving in the church than to head the greatest corporation in America. My first job is serving Jesus. So we must never forget that God and serving God is everything. 
Without God, life is meaningless. So may God bless us as we walk with him and serve him in 2024. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for those seven priorities, oh God, to help us be focused on spiritual things, oh God. God, we ask that you would be with us, oh God. Bless us, Father. Help us to do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.